welcome to our uh, season two, episode five, six of the ELMC uh, Portraits of Grace podcast. Um, I'm your host, Ben, Ben Su, Ben Su Shim, whatever you want to call me. And I also have my uh, co-hosts here with me. Um, Steven, do you want to say hi first? Yeah, but um, the major co-host is not me. Fact. It is... Debbie, that's what that's your turn to introduce yourself. <laughs> I'm like looking around. Hello. I'm silent partner. Hello. Debbie runs the show basically, I think, at this point. We just follow her orders. Yeah, that's true. And um, Debbie, as the major host, um, do you want to introduce our uh, guest for today? Yeah, so we have uh, one of our lovely ladies, um, who uh, probably many of you know, uh, Naomi Her, uh, and uh, welcome. I think it's the first time. Yes, this is. Thank you for having me. Welcome, welcome. Um, all right, let's start. All right, let's do Naomi, it. Naomi, can we start with um, names of your family members? Okay. So, and this is pets included or just my human family members? Pets included for me. And uh, so there's myself, Naomi, uh, and then my husband, Bobby, and then our two sons, Chase and Levi. And then we have a daughter on the way in about seven weeks or less. And we have not disclosed her name yet because we don't know what she's going to be until she's born. And then we have two cats named Trooper and Paris, and we have a big Roddy named Kennedy. That nice. is a large family. Wow, that is a big family. And um, I'm just not familiar with like the whole naming process. So do you have like a pool of names that you have or are you like waiting until like the very end, like when you see your baby, you're yeah. gonna come up with one? So we know we have like a pool of names and then when we see the baby, we're going to see which name fits them. Okay, cool. And um, do you have just like a English, English name for the baby or do you have like, is it harder for like Korean Americans because we have to come up with two names yeah, or? It is a little bit harder, but actually we have our Korean name set. So we have oh. our Korean name. Um, it's just the English name, uh, mainly because it's usually a battle between my husband and I, what we're going to name the, our child. Um, our first name was pretty set, so we didn't have any issues with that. But the second child, he was actually unnamed for like two days um, because like <laughs> my husband didn't want the name that I chose and we weren't sure we were going to go with the other name. And then the third one, because it's a girl, he's very set on naming her which I think is totally fair, but we're battling a little because I, I want a certain name anyway, but um, we're, we're probably going to go with, hopefully depending on what she looks like, what he, he wants. I want him to name her. So. Okay, cool. But yeah, Korean name is set. Nice. And um, for those of us in the congregation that do not know you very well, how would you describe yourself? Um. So, this is always a hard one, I think. Uh, I would say I'm definitely someone who likes to be social. 
Um, I find myself somebody who decompresses a lot with people more than I do by myself. So I enjoy being out and about. Um, that's kind of what I like to do when I'm not working. And I would say I am someone who doesn't really stop. Like even if I'm home, I have to do a hundred things. So my husband has to often tell me to just like slow down, like sit down for a second. So I'm definitely a person who's on the go all the time. How do you find the energy to do that? I don't know. I don't know. I think people ask me that all the time. I'm like, I just get up and do it, I guess. I don't know. Well, what, what do you do? Like when I'm home, like I just sit on the couch and like, I can't think of anything to do. So like, what do you, what's your go-to thing that you do? Well, as like a mom and a wife, right? You're either always, you're home, you're either cooking, you're cleaning, or you're doing with the kids. So that's always something that will fill your downtime. I work two jobs now, but during the pandemic, I worked three jobs. One of my son was only like three months old, um, my second son. So this is just like how I kind of, I think I just need to fill my time all the time. Um, and if I'm not working or home with the family, I'm at the gym. So I always kind of fill the time. Um, you're talking about your downtime or you go to the gym. Um, so I guess like your hobbies, what's your hobbies, interests, your passion? Like how did you get into your gym time? Uh, so my gym time is definitely, so in college, I did a lot of freshmen, like 25-ing. And then like maybe freshman 50. I don't know. I gave some food. And then I think after that, I like got into this serious mode of like sophomore year of like, wow, I should be healthier. So I started to like find, like almost force myself to work out a little bit. And then through college, I tried to just stay active, but I was always like kind of into sports in high school. Then when I graduated, I kind of like fell off the map of like, well, now I don't know what to do. Like, I don't have my roommate to keep me motivated. I don't really have things to keep me motivated. So it was a little bit tougher. And then my college roommate got into CrossFit. And so she kind of had pushed me to come to CrossFit with her. I kind of was like, that's not my thing. Um, but eventually I, I tried it and it's kind of been, it's kind of stuck with me since then. So I've always done like a form of like high interval intensity training um, and then been like in and out of CrossFit gyms since I left college. Well, I just didn't even know there's a community until I, I met you and you, I met some of your CrossFit gym buddies. <laughs> I think that was like amazing. Okay. Yeah. They're hard. Well, I think in your class, now right? Not. Yeah. Now I've changed. Uh, but I like, go to a gym called GFIT, which I love. And I'm still like very, like yeah. with all of them. Um, that's an all, all female gym. But then when I moved to Bluebell recently, I didn't have that. So now I'm over at CrossFit Monco. So that's, that's like women and men, but it's still like, a, it's an awesome community. I just like to do group fitness. I don't stay motivated by myself. No. <laughs> I see on social media doing yeah. CrossFit now and you're pregnant. What is that like? <laughs> oh, yes, I am so frustrating. I just told my husband today, I was like, I think I was a little aggressive with my workout today. Um, so I told him what my workout was and he's like, please don't ever complain about holding our son. <laughs> and how heavy. Um, I said, yeah, no, today was a little aggressive. I did about 300 double unders and did a bunch of uh, wall balls and hand cleans. How many months pregnant are you? I am 33 weeks. So it's not bad. 
I crossfitted till 38 weeks with Chase. Oh my gosh. I swam like probably eight miles a week um, during my third trimester with Levi. Um, And then now I'm just trying to make it to 36 crossfitting, but I've increased my weights. What if you like randomly do cleans one day and your baby just pops out? I had a friend who was doing mountain climbers in the gym and she, her water broke. Really? The owner of my gym is 40 weeks pregnant. She's actually 40 weeks in two days. And she did, she worked out the last two days. Oh my God. She's like my, like, she's crazy for this one. Oh my God. The baby's going to come out, Jack. (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? She's she's still lifting. I can't lift as much. She she doesn't have to push her baby. The baby's going to push itself back. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I know. It's such a bad addiction, but it's, it's a good addiction all at the same time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's a really healthy hobby. I mean, the good thing is though, my husband is also on the latter side of this. Like he likes, enjoys the gym. So we keep each other motivated. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Is he, he's not CrossFit. No, no. He's so like, he can't keep up with the endurance of things. He just likes to lift. So he's a big lifter. Gotcha. Yeah. And um, speaking of hobbies for your uh, family members, what are some things that uh, Chase and Levi like to do? So Levi's kind of a tough one because he's only like, he's not even two yet. So I kind of think Levi's hobby is just eating. <laughs> I think that's what he likes to do most. Um, other than that, I guess he likes doing a lot of what his brother does. And he really likes Coco Melon, which is like this mm-hmm. child's show. Like number eight on Netflix. Yeah, Always. he loves Coco <laughs> and eating food. That's really what Levi does. Uh, Chase is into a lot of cool things, I think, because he's like five now. He just started kindergarten. It's getting a little too cool for us. Um, I would say Chase's number one hobby is Marvel. He's pretty obsessed with Marvel. And then he's doing some Taekwondo two days a week. Um, he likes football. He wants to play flag football. So he's kind of like me. He's very high energy like me. I have to say, we both get up pretty early and we get like the day started and we just go, go, go. Uh, real quick, how, how old is uh, Chase again? He's five. Wow. And he's into like Taekwondo already? Yeah, yeah. So he just started He because we wanted to hone his energy into something. That's smart. Yeah. And, so, and also to like help him discipline that energy. Um, and so we, a lot of people are doing, he's actually doing it with like, um, Pastor Walton's kids and Pastor Stephen gave us really good recommendations of doing it. Um, and they, they're loving it. So how receptive are Chase and Levi to having a new little sister? Uh, so Chase is pretty ecstatic. Wait, can I ask that again? So it transitions better. (laughs) Yeah. Naomi, so you mentioned that you were having a little girl. And so how receptive are Chase and Levi to having a new little sister? Uh, Chase is super excited. Chase has wanted a sister before he wanted a brother. Um, He even asked us to return this baby if it ends up being a brother. (laughs) I tried to explain that God doesn't work like that. Just return children, even if they're not what we want. Um, but he, he's really excited. He's actually been helping me put on like Levi's diaper 
and like telling Levi, like, stay still so I can change your diaper. And he's just, he's like super ecstatic about having a sister. Um, Levi, I just don't think is old enough to really completely understand. He like points to my stomach and will say baby, but uh, I have a feeling he's going to be a little tough when she gets here. But um, yeah, I have to say he's not old enough to probably get it. But even at their age, doesn't don't they have like that nunchi of like or that um what's nunchi in English? I I chi. Don't they have like that awareness know. of like oh I'm not the little kid anymore? So I think he'll feel that way when she gets here. But right now, I think he he definitely chants, like senses like a shift. He knows change is coming. He's very very like attached to me. Yeah, yeah. He knows it's coming. But I don't think he really cares. How old is he again? <laughs> uh, Levi? 20, almost 21 months. Okay, so almost two. Yeah. That's pretty young. Yeah. So I kind of want to stick with the family questions for now, because I, I, I'm just curious. Um, <laughs> how did you and Bobby meet? Oh, so this is... Bobby and I have known each other for a really, really long time. Um, I've actually known him since I was 13. What? And if I'm going to be completely honest, um, I actually met him through his ex-girlfriend. Oh. <laughs> were, you, were you friends with her? Yes. Are you still friends with her? No. Okay. <laughs> now we have the full story. <laughs> but it sense, I don't think he would have stayed friends with her either. Um, so actually, I met him. I went to high school at a private Christian high school, and she was a girl that lived in his town. And it was funny because I met him through her and then ended up finding out we had a bunch of mutual friends, Korean friends. Because she would tell me, like, oh, you know, I'm dating this Korean guy. I said, oh, that's so interesting. You're dating a Korean guy, you know, and she told me his name. I was like, I don't know who he is. Never heard of him in my life. Um, and then we all sort of like became friends as a, in a group because I became really good friends with his friend and his brother. Um, and then through high school, like they broke up and we didn't really talk. I think I, I stayed friends with his Bobby's younger brother. And then our friendship kind of faded off. And then I think when I graduated high school, our mutual Korean friends actually like, well, like, Hey, you know, guess who we've been hanging out with again. And they mentioned Bobby. And then somehow that summer we all started hanging out again. This is in high school. Yeah. Yeah. This is after I graduated high school, right before I went to college. So then I started dating him throughout the summer. Um, and it was actually just to kind of like, it was supposed to be like, uh, it's a great, we're dating. I'm going to college. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh. He was really good about it. Actually, he said, "That's great." He's like, "I don't want to ruin your college experience. I don't, you know, I would never get in the way of someone else's like, you know, experience for college, whatever." Like, he was really good. And then somehow, sixteen years later, here we are. You're just trying to have a summer <laughs> fling. He tricked you. <laughs> he was, yeah, yeah. Oh, he did like reversal, <laughs> reverse psychology. Yeah, so it's turning out to be a really long summer fling, Steven. <laughs> I've never had in my life. <laughs> hey, real quick, who, who asked you out again? Um, I actually pursued him. Oh, um, and how did you go about doing that? So actually, I, I take that back. I don't know if I pursued him. I think we <laughs> mutually hung out 
and realized we had interest in each other. But I kept telling him I wasn't going to continue dating him when I got to college, which he was fine with. Um, And then the funny story is like, I don't think he was totally set on dating. Like he was talking to maybe someone else. And I kind of approached him at one point and said, you know, you just have to choose if you want to hang out with me or you want to hang out with her. And that's the end of that. And he was like, you know, we have a good thing going. So he he ended up with me. And That's then, what I'm talking about. And then he just continued through the whole summer and on into 2021. Summer <laughs> continuing. <laughs> so yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting. I mean, I I felt kind of felt bad. I think Bob used to come up to Temple a lot, and I'd keep telling him like, hey, you know, like we're not going to keep dating. Like I want to live my best life here at college. Hey, Bobby, you know, you're my uh, safety net, right? dude? (laughs) No, I totally get it. Whenever you're, you know, at the point where you just don't feel like this is going anywhere, that's fine. And I would just keep being like, yeah, no, it's not going to go anywhere. And then next weekend I call and be like, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to come back up to Temple? Wait, so how long did you guys stay before you guys got married? Uh, We were together for eight years no eight years before we got engaged so almost nine years before we got married wow yeah (laughs) since we're at it i'm kind of curious how did uh bobby propose oh this is this is not a story you want to (laughs) hear oh it's a story we want to hear um i was actually really embarrassed for anyone who doesn't know my husband, um, he has some health ailments. And so unfortunately, like he was in and out of the hospital in our 20s, I would say. Um, and I remember there was one, it was like the weekend before we were supposed to go on vacation. And I was like positive that he was going to propose. But he called me and said that his stomach was really hurting. And he was like, I think I really need to like go to the hospital. This is the hospital I also work at. I work in the ER there. And I told him, you know, I think if you just go home and just let it be, I was like, you know, I think you'll be fine. (laughs) And he said, no, this is different. Like, I don't feel good. Like I said, how different is it? So I actually got pretty upset. (laughs) I said, how different is it? Like, are you in different pain? And I was kind of frustrated because I was like, you know, we're supposed to go on vacation. (laughs) So I, I know I'm terrible. And I thought, you know, he's going to propose on vacation. So I have to like make sure we go on vacation. So he kept telling me, no, I'm really like uncomfortable. I'm sitting in the ER parking lot. And I was on my way to work at this time with my friend, actually, who knew this was, this proposal was coming. So, and he's also very aware that I am not a, a fan of flowers, candy. Nothing is allowed to come to my workplace. I do not want anything. I do not want people to acknowledge me at work. I don't like stuff like that. So, and he, in his mind, he was like, well, how can I surprise her? Because she's so nosy. There's no way she's not going to know what I'm going to propose. So I guess he had set up with my manager and all my coworkers that he was going to be there when I got on shift. And so I got to work. I was pretty mad. I was with my friend. I was like, great. Like he doesn't feel well. He's checking in. You already know how this goes. He's going to get admitted to the hospital. We're going to miss this whole entire vacation. And she was like, my friend kept having to be like, maybe he really doesn't feel well. And I was like, I guess he doesn't. So I got to work. I put my stuff down and I went to go to the room that he was like in, in the emergency room. And he was laying in bed. And I was like, 
what's going on? Like, do you not feel well? What's happening? And then I didn't know, but he actually had everything recording. And I had like knocked his camera down with my bag. because I was like, what's happening? Why are you here? Um, and then he actually like, it was weird. He like got up and then that's when he was like, you know, I'm really grateful for like the way you've always taken care of me. Like there's no one else who like stands by my side, like when I'm going through this stuff. And then he got down on one knee and I got really uncomfortable. <laughs> and I was like, what are you doing? Stand up. What's happening? You got on one knee. How original. Yeah, I know. Right. And then actually what I did was like, everyone outside of the room had already been like set up to like congratulate us and everything. So mm-hmm. kind of funny because I was like, why would you do that in my place of work? <laughs> and everyone's like, yeah, That's cute. Yeah, like, he thought it out. And like, I look back and I'm like, it was really sweet. You know, he thought really hard through it. He thought about like, where was the one place that I would never expect to be proposed to? Oh. Um, and it was there. So the and real I- question is, did you get that vacation? Yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what, what is your occupation, Naomi? Uh, so I'm a dermatology nurse practitioner, but back then I was I was an ER nurse. Uh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. I thought you were going to be like, oh, Bobby, if your stomach's hurting, you, like, you, you got to go to this other wing. <laughs> like, while he's on one knee, you're like, uh, you're in the wrong, sir, you're in the wrong place. Yeah, no, that's the hardest part is that, like, when I worked in emergency, we didn't do, we didn't go to the hospital a lot when I knew that we could manage it at home. So then I was like, why are you going? Please don't go. I need gotcha. to post you on vacation. <laughs> So yeah, that's like I said. I was like, it's not. It's just. It's always a story. But it was good. Yeah. That's a great story. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, I know, like, you have a lot of important people in your life, but uh, can you share someone that has been, um, you know, one of the more more incident, influential in your life? Yeah. So I, I said, like, and I think when we originally talked about this, so kind of cliche, but also probably one of the most influential people in my life is my dad. Um, so my dad passed when I was 25, 25. Yeah. Um, but I do have to say that he left a huge, huge, huge imprint with like myself and my siblings. Um, he's definitely somebody who I think had an incredibly balanced life for someone. My dad was like a workaholic. I mean, he was at work Monday through Saturday probably like, you know, like all, a lot of immigrant parents, like 15 hours a day. Um, he built his business from like his hands up and he was just, he was very hardworking, but he somehow, he's like me, he would like to socially decompress. So he somehow got all his social activities in between, you know, golfing with his buddies and then also being really involved with church. And then when I think about this now as an adult, I'm like, how did he like work so much and still see his friends and still like balance being like, you know, a deacon that's so involved in church, um, but also like never left a hole in our family. Like we never felt like his presence wasn't there. I I definitely think now as an adult, I look back and I'm very impressed. And I'd say definitely influenced by that hardworking person that he was. So I have to say he is one of the most influential people. Um, But he was also like, in this hardworkingness, always really funny. He had a lot of love for me and my siblings. And I look back and he always had like a really good head on his shoulders. So his advice was always really solid. He didn't speak a lot, but when he did, his like advice was always calm, cool, and collected. 
So I have to say as an adult now that I realize that he is probably the most influential person in my life. Did you figure out how he balanced all that? My dad, I have to say, was a lot like me. He filled his time like he constantly was on the move. So he always filled his time. He wasn't a person who decompressed a lot either. So my mom would always have to tell him like, you need to take it easy. You need to take a day here and just relax. But he was always like, if he wasn't at work, he was with his kids. If he wasn't with his kids, he was on the golf course. If he wasn't on the golf course, he was at church. Naomi, can you share your testimony with us about how you came to believe in Jesus? So um, just transitioning, I guess, from my dad being one of the the most influential person probably in my life. Um, He's actually one of the reasons I came to Christ, too. So I grew up in a Christian home. I grew up at Yangtang most of my life. And actually, in my younger years, my dad did not go to church. He was not a Christian. My mom took all three of us to church growing up all the time. And then my dad came to Christ later in life. I think right actually around the time that I probably did. But in the ninth grade, my dad became really ill. He had gotten like a bacterial um, infection of his heart. And so there was actually a pretty slim chance that they thought that he was going to survive at that point. And I just remember like my parents had started me in like a Christian high school at the time, not by choice, but kind of by mandation. And I wasn't a huge fan. And I just remember like my dad got really sick. I kind of like didn't know what else to do rather than ask these people to like help pray for my dad. And then I started asking like people at church. um, And I remember just like asking my teachers and like people were just so open to just stop and pray for my dad. And I just remember feeling like that power of prayer, something that I didn't think I had ever experienced in my life growing up at all. At that point in my life, I think in ninth grade, I wasn't really sure like if Jesus existed or Really, at that point, I think I'd been through a few events in my life that I just wasn't even sure, like, how real God was. But at that point, I remember, I think it was just, like, a specific day. I think we were in chapel in high school. And feeling people pray for my dad and feeling the power of people who truly, you know, I guess, kind of funny to say, but, like, just feeling, like, God's power through their prayer kind of hit me like a ton of bricks. And I remember the moment of being like, wow, like I, th- I think God is like very real. It's like very, very real. And I remember asking Jesus to like be my savior at that point and praying that like, no matter what happened to my dad, whether he survived or he didn't, that I wanted like Jesus to take my life from that point and really just steer it the way that he felt was best. Um, so yeah, I, I guess that was that was uh, the short and sweet moment of knowing that I was coming to Christ. Amen. Thank you for sharing that with us. And then um, to follow up to that, um, do you have any uh, prayer requests for us that our congregation can pray for? Yeah, so mainly, I mean, uh, you know, our daughter's coming in a few weeks. So mainly just a safe, healthy delivery and transition home. And then uh, I think COVID has been hard on everybody. Um, You know, I think faith has been rocked for some people. And for our family, mainly, it's just the distance of our walk. 
Um, even though at home, you know, we're still doing virtual worship and we're still talking to our kids and praying with our kids. Um, I definitely think that we could use prayers to just help us stay focused in the Christian walk um, and bring our family as a whole back to the church. Um, it's been hard not being in person and we were doing it for a little bit and it got a little tough with our second, just kind of being a little wild during worship. Um, and I know it's not an excuse, but definitely we've, we've found excuses, I think, sometimes to not go. And I think we need to just find our way back. So if we can just, the congregation can pray for us, that would be grateful. And um, I just want to remind our listeners again to take a couple minutes to pray for uh, Naomi. And also, if you remember um, other prayer requests from people from our church, yeah, please take a couple minutes at the red light while you're driving and uh, please pray for us. Can you share something um, <laughs> that most people don't know about you or, or you want people to know? Um, I know that's a hard question. Yes, this is a, a tough question for sure. I I feel like I'm a pretty open book. And I think that uh, the older I am getting, the more boring I'm becoming. I don't have a lot of good things to share. So I think you should interview my husband for this one. I can say something that people might not know. I think people don't know how like caring you are and how easy to talk to you are. And, um, yeah, I think that's, uh, people don't know it like when you just see you, but like, I think that's something, I think it's, it's a skill, I think, cause you know, not everyone has that, but yeah, definitely. Like when you're talking, when anyone talks to you, we feel like you're, you're caring in that conversation in that moment, um, no matter who you are. Thank you. I try. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then, how, how do we usually end? I forget how we usually end. However <laughs> <laughs> you want it. Can we just um, fade out from there before I say, how do we end? <laughs> 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 oh, <my God. laughs>